Hey everybody, I'm John Gould. And I'm Nagin Muscati, and this is This Real Estate Life, the official podcast of the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park office. We have so many amazing real estate agents in our office, each with their own unique gifts and personalities, and we really just wanted to create a podcast where you can celebrate those individuals and learn a little bit about real estate along the way. Yeah, so whether you're a real estate agent yourself or just curious to learn more about what we do every day, this is the podcast for you. So thanks for joining us and we hope you love the journey. Woohoo! Welcome to This Real Estate Life, the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park podcast, where we highlight and showcase the different gifts and talents our agents bring to the table. Today, we have our very first returning guests all the way from the beginning of the podcast two-ish years ago. Matt Thomas, welcome home. Thank you. Happy to be back. Can can you believe that was two years ago? That's unbelievable. It's been crazy. It's terrifying. It was April 2020. So, right wow. after the pandemic hit. Wow. That's unbelievable. Um, it, yeah, it's crazy how much time has passed. And first of all, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, of course. You're kind of like the man who needs no introduction. We see you everywhere. We know what you're up to. We follow you on social media, which I think most of us do. But for those of you who have not yet had the pleasure of meeting Matt Thomas, uh, he is one of our top agents in the Lincoln Park office and continues to grow his business every year. And when we had you on as our first guest, you talked about how to use video specifically to create a professional brand for yourself. And it's been really cool to see since then over the last 18, 20 months or so, how you have used video in a variety of ways in your business. And then also just kind of grown your whole, you know, approach to branding in general, which is what we want to talk with you about today. But before we even jump into that, um, Give us an update. How are you? What's up with your life? What's happened the last 18 months? What's new? What's good? What's changed? 18 months. Wow. What a busy 18 months. I would say, personally, I have a 75-pound monster in my life named Murphy, (laughs) and he is a lab hound mix that I love and adore, and thankfully, he's being very good and quiet right now and sleeping in the background. Uh, I bought a condo in the last 18 months. So now I'm uh, officially a West Loop resident and Chicago resident. So when I tell all of my clients, like, you should really buy, you know, I can say it because I did it. So that's it. Um, And my business has gone. I mean, I I would use the word exceptionally well. It's been awesome. It's been a a really fun run. Um, COVID was difficult for a lot of reasons. But I think through it all, my clients have been successful. I've continued to grow and this is going to be another record-breaking year for me. So I'm, I'm, you know, sitting pretty as far as life, professional, personal. I feel pretty good if I'm being honest. Well, you didn't need a break. No, just kidding. Just saying. That's a place to be. <laughs> good place to be going in the end of the year. I'm excited for 2022. To your point, I think the um, the video part of my business has become quietly, maybe not that quietly, the most fun part of my business. I quiet. love it. It's like. And if you could only see the videos, John, that I have to delete because I don't post them, I'm like, all right, that's probably not professional enough, even though it's really funny. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll put that away. <laughs> Send it to us. We would love to but see it. I just, it's become something that I truly enjoy. And I've, I've found a way to craft that into my business so that it actually has a monetary return, which is awesome. That's, I think, the ideal world. So. Oh, I'm so happy for you, Matt. You know, you're just 
and above all else and the good business and the record setting and all that, you're just a, a good, good person. So yeah, it couldn't happen you. to anybody better. And I'm really excited to learn about how your business has changed. And John's got tons of social media questions and that's his, I don't know oh, what you call wait. it, his venue. That's his specialty. So I'm going to let him take the lead on this. And I'm really going to try not to interrupt you in this one, John, I promise. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Matthew Thomas, you recently became social media ambassador for Baird and Warner. Woo! I did. You did. Thank you very much. Super excited. Right now. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So just truly like what the role is. I think an ambassador for anything is somebody who is passionate about something and is actively sure. engaged in something enough so that they want to share that knowledge, experience, expertise with their peers. And that's what I'm doing with social media. Um, I approached Sarah Pelton a long time ago and I said, listen, I love being in an educational environment. I've always liked teaching and helping my peers and sharing and I love social media. So if there was a way that we could mirror those two and marry them within Baird and Warner, you let me know, I'd love to you know, participate in that opportunity. And fast forward, Oh, just under six months, Sarah called me and said, we have this social media ambassador role that we're envisioning. And yeah. more or less what it's going to materialize as is I'm going to lead different trainings for the company focused on I, our first training was on social media strategy. Our next one will be a little bit deeper dive on how to actually create your messaging and put content together. And then we'll go into like deep dives on each platform itself and how to use it and how to make it impactful and how to make it monetized. And um, the hope would be that we can teach everybody, whether they want to do it or not, we can teach everybody to use video and social to grow their business and more importantly, their personal brand, right? And, and the brand that they're trying to carry with that business. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's so important. Like these days, if you're going to be a small business owner, you have to have at least some interaction on social media. Like it I, I think it's everything. Have yeah. to. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And what I... What clicked it for me I, when I first got into business, and I think if we go back to my first podcast with you guys, it was like my messaging was simple. I wanted everybody to know what I did and that if they needed help, they could call me and I would help them do that. Yeah. And then over time, that's now grown to that's still the core of, of what my my social media approach is, but it's just grown into a lot more fun and a lot more videos sure. and a lot more approach and a lot more different um offshoots from that base messaging, right? I'm here, I'm in real estate. If you have a real estate need, I can help you. And it's, it's never really veered from that. Right. So when you started, when you started your, your business as a real estate agent, was it always your intention that social media would be such a huge part of it? Or did that like kind of happen organically? Was it always a pillar of your hmm. business? That's a very good question. I would say it was an accident. Yeah. Uh, truthfully, when I got into real estate, I don't know that I had any thoughts, plans, or ideas to use social media as a strategy in my business beyond just recognizing, you know, it would show open houses or houses in general or things like that. I think when I got in, I, I um, was working with the office to send my announcement email. And so Diana approached me and said, you know, how many contacts do you have you're going to send this email to? And I was like, man, how many emails do I really have on hand? The answer is like none. <laughs> so yeah. I, I didn't know what to do. So I went to LinkedIn and I had been very active in my previous career about staying connected with my peers and, and just people I'd come in contact with. So I exported my LinkedIn contacts and then I had, it was 22 or 2,300 contacts that I could email. Wow. So that's, 
and I, I did that and they all got my announcement email and now they're in my newsletter email and a lot of them, God bless them, have not unsubscribed since 2018. <laughs> so, you know, I, that I think was the first time I recognized that that was my Rolodex, right? Like that's my sales contact list right there. And I wasn't actively thinking about it, but if I treat it like that, it could become a part of my business. And so it's truly, I stumbled into social just because I recognized that worked. That was a, a good start. Absolutely. That's incredible. That's a great, great place to start with that many contexts when you're first starting out. Made it a lot easier for sure. Um, yeah, I I don't think a lot of people have that advantage. And I, I think you don't need to have that many to start, but just the nature of social, just staying connected and then staying connected with a purpose. I was like, wow, that is super powerful. And it was my way to compete immediately with the bigger brands, right? Like, I don't know, I wasn't coming into this with a huge budget to spend on marketing and I didn't have a strong presence here in Chicago for my background. So it was more, how many contacts can I connect with that'll give me a shot, right. knowing that I don't have that. So if you could just walk me through, and this, this isn't a question on the list, but I'm just kind of curious. So mm-hmm. the way you use social media from the beginning of your business to now, like how has that evolved? What platforms do you use now? What ways are you connecting with people daily, weekly? What does mm-hmm. that look like? That's it's kind of definitely, I mean, it, yeah, it's a broad question, but I would say... Um, so platforms I'm active on, I use Facebook, I use Instagram, I use TikTok, and I use LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I also use YouTube. Shame on me, I have not been using it enough. I think for 2022, I'm going to try and change that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, so I'm active, I guess that's five, right, across the board. So yeah. it's in each platform has a slightly different strategy to it. So LinkedIn for me is less active posting. It's more connections. Anybody that I meet, come into contact with, clients who I sit down with, everybody. I, we LinkedIn each other. I think they should see who I am and I should see who they are. Um, Facebook and Instagram is very much where I'm actively posting. TikTok would also be in that. And that's where my video content lands um, along with some other things. And then YouTube is the long, visit, uh, long video repository, right? Not all video is meant to be seen in a 30-second clip. If there's something longer or video tours or what have you, that's what lives on YouTube for me. Um, And then, I mean, I could go on for hours about the strategy within each, but I think at the highest level, I would say is that within all of those, the way I think about who I'm trying to connect with, it's either people I know or people I don't know who I want to know. And there's two different strategies for each. You know, I'm not the, the people who I know and connect with and personally identify with and we go out and we know each other like that that marketing or the the type of content that hits them really is separate from trying to engage with a new audience and bring in new people to my sphere and branding. And it's two different sides of the brain. Are there different apps that you use for like, are are different apps geared towards more one or the other? Like I imagine Facebook is obviously to connect with people you do know, Mm -hmm. whereas Instagram is probably better for people you don't know. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. For example, I would say um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, in my opinion, it's a place for people you do know. I don't mm-hmm. really use LinkedIn to try and meet new people. I, I personally am not one to be sending blind messages to try and connect with people and try and grow a blind sphere there or boosting yeah. content there to have them like it, connect with me. It's not really what it is for me. That's I know them. That's why we're connected there. To your point, Facebook Instagram, TikTok, 
I'm creating broad scheme messaging yeah. to just highlight in some cases, just what I do, the fact that I'm a real estate agent in other cases, things like I'm a social media advocate. So it's for real estate agents, right? So it's, it's always for a specific audience and that comes down to the individual post. Um, it's not all business related. I posted twice this weekend while I was traveling in Denver, right? Once at Red Rocks and once at the Denver Bronco game. So some of it is personal and there has no immediate tie or need to anybody I'm trying to connect with other than it's good content and I thought it was useful. Absolutely. This is like a lot. Now I'm thinking about all these other questions that- that Totally. Is, um, but I think, okay, so before we go on into like minutia, overall, why do you think a solid social media strategy is important as a real estate agent? This should have been the first question I asked. There oh, are that's okay. Agents Just play this are, as the clip, like, you know, edit it, play it as a little- There you go. Clip. Yeah, Nikki, edit that. That's Gary V taught me that one, yeah. Uh, I would say, it. so- Think about it like this. We, we compete. It's not a new industry. And there are some monster names in this city that sell real estate. I mean, it's unbelievable to think of some of the numbers that these teams put up. And that's our competition. That's our direct competition right now. If we go walk in the room, we're side by side competing for listings. If you just think about that and you don't have a strategy for overcoming it, that's a crippling thought. Absolutely. Social media is the in, though. That is the way that you can become much, much, much bigger than maybe the brand really is in reality. And I don't mean to say that, that you're faking it. You might in the beginning, but long-term, you're really just building a solid foundation of a brand. And if you can do that in the right way and get enough followers to that brand, you can rapidly grow to catch up with these people who are spending, you know, thousands, of, if not millions of dollars in some cases on their marketing budgets. And that's, that's the difference. Social media is what gives not just real estate agents, but any small business, the opportunity to compete with the giant marketing budgets of these massive other competitors. That's all it really comes down to. That's really, really, really good. What do you think are some, how, how does one go about building a brand on social media? Like a specific brand, a consistent brand, how do you do that? First, you need to know what your brand is. Yeah. Um, you know, it sounds dumb and like it is, it is, I think the same thing I laugh all the time, but like you really truly need to, Absolutely. could you, if, if it was just you and I in an elevator for 20 seconds, could you clearly define your brand to me? Right. You know, and like, that's how I would think about it. You need to have it down to a baseline. So for me, and actually it's funny you bring this up because I realized taking on this social media ambassador, this is a new addition to my brand. It's an evolution of the brand. Yeah. I felt like I had to make an announcement because all of a sudden I'm going to be posting content that is out of alignment with what my brand has been to date. Right. Right. So you, you need to always be thinking about what you represent and what you're trying to represent that to the street. So for me, my brand in part is uh, I am a real estate agent, right? I am a real estate agent who can help you with needs here in Chicago or needs outside of the city. I'm also an advocate for other real estate agents who want to be active on social in particular with video content, right? So it's twofold. Those are the two things that people know me for. And that's what people are contacting me for. Um, I think if you don't have that defined in that way, or maybe if you don't want to define it that way, right? Some people choose to say, I'm a luxury real estate agent. I'm not just a real estate agent. I'm a luxury real estate agent, or I'm a rental real estate agent, or I'm a buyer's agent, right? You can define your brand, however you want to define your brand, but you need right. to make it something that somebody can understand and easily consume. And then the content makes them want to connect with you. 
Absolutely. However it is, whether it's all professional, personal, funny, serious, data-driven, doesn't matter. Whatever your brand is, it should connect with your content, which will connect with the following. And it should grow naturally, right? If you believe in what you're creating and the people who are liking it are liking it because they believe in it as well, now you have one big happy family of followers who all believe in what you're producing. And that's, that's right. a really good place to be. So your content should always pass through the filter of what your brand is. Always, always. And I, I, I made the joke in the beginning. I delete a lot of things. I do. I'll laugh my ass off looking at it like, oh, that's so funny. And everybody's going to love it. And I know it's going to get a lot of views. It's also definitely not my brand. That's not, it's not what this account is for. It's not, I don't have a mission for this post other than it's funny, right? right. Funny has its place sometimes, but it's got to pass the brand test. So and like- I, Nagin, you said you wouldn't do it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I just looked at the clock to see how far into this thing we are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have a follow-up question for Matt. I just have one question. Please. Fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, speaking for the overwhelmed agent who yes. has now listened to this episode, as they all do, and has heard you say you're on five platforms, and you also are trying to you know, speak to your brand. So you're running right. every content piece you create through this filter of does it fit my brand or not? That sounds like a lot. It sounds like it could take a lot of time. Like when do you actually sell real estate? So how, <laughs> how do you suggest someone who's not you um, and is just getting started or is just feeling overwhelmed and that's keeping them from really doing much on social? Like where do you suggest they begin? I love the saying, keep it simple, stupid. Just keep it simple, right? So come into it and make it however simple you need it. If it's one platform, one video a day, start there. If it's one platform, one video a week, start there. If it's no video, because you just can't do it yet and it's just pictures and you're gonna do that on one platform, fine. But just like establish a threshold, just like you need to know your brand. You need to understand your threshold for taking this on because it is a new business venture. That's how you need to think about it. So decide what that is. And, and I wouldn't, don't let me or, or what you Google or anything else influence you that says you got to be on every profile and post once a day. Just ignore all it, right? Decide your personal threshold for what you want to post and then make it something you think you can actually accomplish and start doing it. Just get engaged. Just do something, post something. I think the act of doing is really what people struggle with most in social. And unfortunately, yeah. there is no other answer other than do it. Like inevitably, you have to post it. So if you can keep it simple with your amount that you want to post and the number of profiles that you're actually going to post it to, I think what you'll naturally find over time is what you actually enjoy about it or maybe how hard it is for you. What's difficult about it? Is creating the content difficult? Is writing the blurb difficult? Is actually finding time in a day to do it difficult? If you can identify why it's hard beyond the, like, I don't want to post right now, you can start to figure out what you need to do, right? So like for me, I produce so much content, I block film. I film a lot of content in the two hour stretch and then I, I release it over the week because I don't, I don't have time to film three videos throughout each day, you know, throughout just while I'm out and about and with clients and everything else. So, you know, you can make yourself more successful, I think, if you better understand the requirements going into it. And you are the one who has to dictate that based on, your tolerance for actually doing it. Yeah, I think that's great advice to keeping it simple and start small, start with one activity, one platform and grow from there. And the, the idea to batch content, 
and when you do all your recording or when you're doing all your Canva or whatever that is, because right. you know you're going to have stuff that comes up during the week that actually right. pertains to selling real estate that right. you're going to need to do. And it would be really easy to fall off schedule and, and miss a day of posting. And that's absolutely right. It's that's the whole thing. I, even I thought about um, it, it's trying to get ahead of those surprise days that come up in your schedule, right? We all have a blank Tuesday and it's like, that's the day. It's going to be awesome. I'll make a video sometime in the day and it'll fit right in. And then Tuesday morning, one of your clients calls you and it explodes on you and your whole day goes away. And yeah. now you didn't do what you set out to do that day. You get home late. It's 830 at night. You haven't even had dinner and you realize like, oh, I didn't post that video I was going to post. There are very few of us, myself included, who are going to go film that video right then. It's just <laughs> not going to happen, right? So you can get ahead of that which is batching content, or you can wait till that happens and inevitably you're gonna fall off schedule. And like, that's kind of the reality of it. But again, batching, I say batching is a two hour thing for me, but that's because I'm making, I mean, at this point recently, I've been releasing three videos a day on multiple platforms. So it's a lot of content, right? And, and a lot of planning and scripting and outfit changes and all kinds of crazy stuff. That they <laughs> but you know, if you're not quite at that level, batching might be a half hour. These videos are 30 seconds. You might be able to do eight of them in half hour, right? Like just script them out. They don't have to be overly complex. Just get them done and then you have them and then you can release them on your time and you can mix it in with your other content. And, you know, I think the problem with social and again, like there's always the, I don't want to post, but it's when you compare yourself to these large brands, you're right. They have complex strategies. Even myself, like somewhere in the middle, not even anywhere near the success that any of these influencers are having, right? That I have a strategy in mind. So as you get more complex and as you get bigger, it does get harder. I think you need to mentally prepare for that. But, you know, in the beginning, just make it simple. Pick a platform, pick a posting schedule, find a time to do it. You mentioned recording eight 30 second videos in 30 minutes. I just want to share when I made my first reel, it took me 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, editing is different. So, so like I, to be, I'll film everything and then edit yeah. later. The editing's a whole different, like, the whole yeah. thing it might take and you be, a day to make your first reel <laughs> and be patient with yourselves everybody if you're just getting into it it might take you a little bit longer and that's okay but as matt said just do it don't just think about it don't just write it down as your plan don't right. just talk about it actually just i also i it. love uh the youtube era and i think mcgean and i have talked about this so when i don't know how to do something i go to youtube and i type exactly what it is how to edit a reel on YouTube. You will find videos in very high quality with captions showing exactly how they make it look nice and just copy what they do, right? So I, I'm a huge believer in YouTube education. That's so I interesting. That's how I use Google. Well, you YouTube can start with Google and you might get a very detailed written article on how to do what it is, but I'm a visual learner. So like if somebody can just show me and the screen will be half edited and one half's their phone and shows how they're doing it, you know, YouTube is awesome. YouTube is crazy. I've never felt older than the first time I tried to do a reel. And it was it's, like uh, you and me both. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Like this is so confusing. <laughs> You're trying to get text to fly in and you got to control timing on oh it. My like gosh. Yeah, there's yeah, there's it's you know, they made a very complex video editing software into like an any man system. So it is yeah. complex. And some people do a ton a ton with it. And some don't. Some just, it's just like a video that's edited together right. and it's fine. You don't have to be a professional editor to have success on Instagram. You know? 
Um, do you ever use scheduler apps or do you post everything live? I post everything live. My drawback with the scheduler apps is I haven't found one that integrates with everything I need it to. Yeah. I've, you know, a lot of them do like three of the five or two of the five, but I haven't found one where I can have it post to TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram all at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, if I do, I would probably invest in that because I do think there's a lot of value to making it easier and fewer clicks for yourself, especially if you're doing this at volume. Um, but yeah, the systems just quite aren't there or aren't quite there. You mentioned in your training though, I guess it's been almost two weeks now or a week and a half ago, which was phenomenal, Mm -hmm. by the way, for any Baird and Warner agents listening, go to the empower learning center, look up social media, 2022, you'll find Matt's training was great. You mentioned also just being strategic with the flow across platforms. So like with some platforms, if you post content there, you have the option to then also share it automatically to others. Correct. Yes. So like, Great example would be you can create a TikTok and then export it immediately to Instagram, post it on Instagram as a reel, and that reel can sync to Facebook. So with one piece of content, you can have it post across three mediums, um, which theoretically is or should be three different audiences for you. Right. Yeah, it's smart. If a new agent was going to start with one platform, because you know everything else is too much and they just want to start with one right. platform. what platform would you suggest they start with goodness gracious you know i really content wise here's my my honest answer is content wise i probably would be on linkedin right or excuse me on uh, instagram right now mm-hmm. um i think instagram reels have the most visibility right now they have the most directly tied relationship to growing a following. So taking advantage of the fact that they're getting visibility can get you a bigger following faster than some other platforms right now. Um, And in my opinion, as much as I love TikTok and I do do think it has a lot of value, it's a little bit overweighted right now. It's too many people playing at once. So the content is getting a little bit lost. So I don't feel that happening as much on Reels as I do on TikTok, one man's opinion. Um, now I know I'm cheating because you said boil it down to one, but if you're not actively connecting with everybody who you engage with in a professional way on LinkedIn, after you leave, I think you're missing an opportunity. That's a very easy way to stay in touch, to stay memorable, to just be there. Right. And some people use that in a very strategic way. They're watching LinkedIn every day for, Oh, Hey, congratulations on the new job. Are you moving? You know, like you can be proactive with it. But even if you do nothing else, if you just hit that send connect button, great talking with you today, we'd love to stay in touch. I think you should do that for everybody you meet. That's interesting. I feel like LinkedIn often, it's like the forgotten stepchild of social media and it's not the one people think of. It's, and that's why I would separate it for me. It's not, I don't know that I think you need to be posting every day on LinkedIn, like as a content creator, you could be. And I know a lot of people actually developed a very professional following doing that. But I, I do think just connecting, the pure connection level is, is worth it. And I would, I would recommend that. Where else can you do that, right? Like, I don't, I, I don't know people's Instagram handle when I walk away from them usually. I could probably find them with some sleuthing, but you know, LinkedIn, like as long as you ask them what they do and what city they live in and you got them right now you can connect and figure out each other's profiles and backgrounds. And maybe you have some common connections you didn't talk about or who knows. Um, but I've, I've just found that to be impactful through time. 
Well, if you think about it, it's a network for business professionals. So there's other people you could be connecting with that also understand the nature of a referral-based business. And it might be easier to make make some of those connections. And also, John, I hope I don't get canceled for using the phrase forgotten stepchild, but that's like actually a phrase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The woke police stay away. Don't come at me. Don't come at me for that. Okay. I'm an old millennial. It's not my fault. Who's you know what I would say for new agents though on uh for new agents on LinkedIn I would say you can meet referrals there a lot of them so like I I don't want to say I'm closed-minded but I have my referral partners I know them I work a lot with them so when I get a lot of direct messages from new partners it takes a lot for me to want to change the direction I'm already going but I would say if you were earlier in your business I mean photographers, uh, inspectors, lenders, other agents, everybody reaches out on LinkedIn, right? With some kind of proposal or another. So if if you're looking to grow your referral sphere, I, I that was like a super easy way to do that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, because honestly, I forget about LinkedIn all the time. I just don't bother oh, with it. <laughs> I talk to people all the time who are like, I don't even remember the last time I logged into my LinkedIn. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't I even know it. my login. <laughs> I understand, <laughs> but it's worthwhile. Um, so another, I don't, let me think about how to word this. So, so you do a lot on social media. What are the tiers? Like, what do you do the most on downward? So like you post three videos a day on Instagram. What is your, yes, I would say Instagram is far and away the most active. Um, Facebook, just because it auto syncs gets quite a bit of overflow from Instagram. I'm not doing as much where I'm jumping into Facebook directly and doing other than I do boosted ads, which is separate, but I'm not going into Facebook daily to post. I just sync it with Instagram. TikTok, um, you can't sync from TikTok or from Instagram to TikTok. You can only go the other way. So I try to do a couple on TikTok a day as well. And then obviously I repurpose them on real. Or on, so, you know, I'm hitting sure. both. LinkedIn, I'm not posting as actively on anymore. There was a time where I was trying to be pretty consistent with it. Um, I just, it became too much and I was more focused on the Instagram side of things. So I just pared down, um, you know, going back to our advice, keep it simple. I over expand myself with this stuff and constantly have to audit and just be like, okay, you know, that was too much for too little effort or for too little return. So we're just going to cut it for now and focus on what is working and we'll come back to it later. Right. Um, you know, I'm a one man team, so there's only so much that can happen in a day. So, I mean, what, what are the metrics you're using to measure success on these platforms and whether what you're doing is working? It's dependent on the, um, the messaging itself, the platform itself. So for boosted ads, it's pretty easy, right? I want to see a certain number of leads per boosted ad. So that one's a little easier to, to gauge. Um, for Instagram, when I'm posting reels, I do look at the number of views. So I, I try to figure out why something I post will have 500 and then the next thing I post will have 4,000. And it's like, well, why was that one so much better than the other one, right? right. Um, and then could I replicate that in some capacity? Um, and more importantly, I think I track, rather than individual vis- video success, I track growth over time. So number of followers over a 30, 60, 90 day period, right. uh, engagement over time over 30, 60, 90 day period. Um, and then I do look back every year and I keep track of anybody who contacted me through social media, as in the reason that they engaged with my brand was because of social media, or I'll even give myself the benefit of the doubt if 
like they reached in over LinkedIn because they're like, oh, hey, seems like things have been going really well for you. We're thinking about moving. You know, we've known each other for a long time, but clearly they saw what was going on with me because of social media. So right. they get a tag too, right? And I track those people for my business so that at the end of the year, I can look back and go, you know, of the, I think this year I've had 43 transactions. Of the 43, seven of them were social media leads, right? And that's, that's something that I can know, I can track and know where they came from and I can trace it back. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really and, have to treat it as like another branch of your business that you can like measure. Totally right. And if you're not super data driven, don't get lost in the weeds of it. Keep it simple, right? If you're continually posting and you're growing your following regularly, right. that's a great sign of success. It really depends what you want from this. Some people are going to come into this with the mindset, I am embracing social so that. I will close $10,000 more in my business this year than I would have without it, right? If that's your mindset, then your goals need to be very hyper-focused on finding leads, cultivating those leads, and closing business from those leads. If your goal coming into this is more, I want to grow my brand and I want to grow my general following, and you're just knowing that in the background of that, it will monetize itself then you have different objectives. Then you're focused on viewership and followers and you're maybe not as follow, you're not as focused on the follow-up of who came from where, you know, it, it's all comes down to the user and, and how you want to track your business. But I think both are worthwhile. Absolutely. I have That's a question. Do said absolutely today. I have to yeah, stop. Right? <laughs> it's your word. Just go with it. That's fine. I have in. a question for both of you, actually. So in your opinions, how important do you think is authenticity with what you're posting and not just you know, your video or your picture, but also your caption and the words you use? For example, I feel like with every passing day, there are new words that enter into like the Gen Z vocabulary and like young millennial vocabulary I've never heard of before. And I have no idea what they mean. So if yeah. I'm going to go make a post and I want to get in front of a particular audience or speak to them, how important is it for me to like use the same lingo or is it just more important for me to just be who I am? And is that authentic authenticity just going to go a lot farther in the long run? I mean, I would just say be yourself. If you're trying to, if you're trying to like reach another audience and you're trying to talk like them, they can tell you're not being authentic and nothing's yeah. less attractive to them than like, an old person trying to say like on fleek or whatever. I don't even know what kids say, yeah. <laughs> you know? So just stay in It reminds your... me of like um, the mom that would try to be the cool mom and like, you know, use like hip lingo. Yeah, no one out of the house. And like, yeah. So I, yeah, I think it's definitely not necessary. You, you don't need to do that at all. I have seen some people who do it in a, an objectively funny way, right? Like yeah. if you call something sus and people know what that means and it's used correctly, it might be very funny. Yeah. Um, it's in a self-aware way. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, you don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think you need to be changing or like um, uh, bringing your brand down to Gen Z's level by any means. I think just being yourself and hitting your target audience that's part of it too. And we talked about it in our training. We haven't talked about it really today, but like you need to know who your audience is too. So I guess if your entire audience and the only person you're trying to reach is Gen Z, then it might be appropriate to figure out language that they at least understand as long as it feels natural to you. Um, but assuming that you're hitting a broader sphere or an audience that is related to you, uh, you're probably going to hit them better using your own language anyway. Yeah, because I don't even know what sus 
is. Yeah, <laughs> sus means suspect. <laughs> <laughs> that one's pretty easy. Like, why is yeah. it so hard to say suspect? It's only one extra you know, syllable. Uh, I wish I had a good answer. I, I think it started in video game land where yeah. typing suspect is very difficult. So sus yeah. is quick, like three, three keys. Um, you know kids these days but well and I appreciate that too because that selfishly that question was partially for me but also like looking across the state Lincoln Park office like we have agents across a variety of generations and I know some are intimidated about getting into the social media space because it's a quote young person's game right and they don't know if they're going to be able to connect with them but I think you're right it's more important what your message is and that you're portraying who you are than using all the exact terminology which we would probably use wrong anyway and I, and I just speaking personally, I mean, my following has a pretty wide range to it. I mean, I've got clients, I, I know from the data available through my business profile that um, the majority of my, my follower base is really in that 30 to 45 age. So it ranges pretty high. I mean, I'm about to be 30. I'm not hanging out with a lot of 45 year olds in my life, but that is the sphere that's following the messaging, right? right. So I think who you connect with is a little bit outside of your control, but you'll, you'll recognize over time who it's hitting with or who it's relating with. Um, but I do have younger followers. I mean, and part of this, uh, you, you have to, with social, there's always a comparison part of it. And part, I love that in some instances, for example, I think it's very healthy to follow other influencers and compare yourself and try to better yourself with what they're doing that's successful. I think that's a great task for everybody to do on social media. It's like a self audit. I think it's a mistake to compare your content with somebody else's directly and feel like you need to change your brand to be that, right? right. My brother's generation, he's five years younger than me. He could, he could start today with no effort and no thought, a hundred thousand follower account. I'm positive of it because they're all so hyperactive and they like everything yeah. and it doesn't matter the quality. It just, they like it. And so if you were trying to become that, I guess you could try and create a very young profile and target that base. And I just don't see the value in that. Let them do what they're going to do in the Gen Z circle and you grow your following, right? Your following is meant to be the people that are relating to your messaging, the people that will gravitate toward your business naturally. You know, you don't need to reach for a community that isn't relatable to you. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to request that everybody rewind this episode about a minute and re-listen to everything that Matt just said. It's okay. <laughs> Hopefully it was helpful. It's the same as when you when you teach new agents, Nagin, you say like, do do your business your way so you'll attract right. people who you want to do business with. It's the same thing right. with social media. Sure. I don't know why social media can just be so intimidating. And maybe it's just because like even as a millennial, yes, but as like, like a, a millennial with one foot out the door, like a very old millennial, like I didn't grow up with all the technology. So there was like this right. aspect of putting everything about your life. or just putting so much of it out there. That is a little bit intimidating, even though I know in my rational mind, like you guys have said this whole episode and you've been telling me for a long time, like it's an important part of business in general these days, not just for real right. estate, but that's where the people are. So you got to fish where the fish are. You totally do. Well, and I, I would say, and I, and I run a personal and a professional account, so it's a mix of both, but you still draw a line. There are parts of my personal mm -hmm. life that don't come through in that account, purposely so. Um, not because I don't want to share them with the world, but I just don't feel like that's the appropriate place to do it, right? So right. you always control, you control your brand. You control where that line is and what part of your personal life you want to share and what part you don't want to share. And it's a hard line for some to identify, but um, 
you know, you can be as inviting to the world to come in as you want, or you can be a little bit more protected and that's totally your call. Sure. Uh, it is intimidating. It's strangers and those strangers could be anywhere and anybody. And, you know, um, you just, you have to think about what you're displaying to the world. Certainly. Well, I think you've done a good job of that, Matt. And like, even though, even if I didn't know you from being here in the office and just knew what I knew from social media, I would still have been able to pick up certainly you're a real estate agent, but you have a black lab, you love to scuba dive, you live in the West Loop and like all these other little things about you that make you interesting and make make it so that I could possibly find another way to relate with you. Mm-hmm. And that also serves your business too. I think you both do a really good job of that with your accounts. Thank you very much. That's the fun part. I love posting about the dog or posting the scuba videos or, you know, and, and I, I started with this in the beginning of our talk. I, I love the video part of it in general. Um, it's, as I've gotten more and more comfortable with it, and I am very comfortable at this point, it's fun. It just, and I, I take a lot of liberties in trying new stuff and seeing more than anything what makes me laugh and then sharing that with everybody. How do you come up with content? Like, do you sit down and brainstorm for a while or is it just spontaneous? Sometimes it's spontaneous. If I have a thought, it's, you know, you have those shower thoughts or whatever. So sometimes I get a thought for a good video and I will I'll just write it down. Like I got to just go film that and take care of it. Um, a lot of times when you do your mindless scrolling at the end of the night, when I find a video or a sound or something that makes me laugh or that I think I could repurpose for myself, I just save it and I'll come back to it when I'm in a content creation mode later. Mm-hmm. Um, content can be anything. It's, it, I think, Once you start doing it a lot more, you start to realize you can make pretty much any video or sound fit what you want it to fit. Like the sound itself doesn't have to do anything that you want it to (laughs) represent. You just have to find a way to creatively fit the two together that's funny and entertaining and people will watch and hopefully learn from. And um, the goal with everything is just, you know, will this get seen and will it be impactful? So. And then do you have any um advice on like creating an aesthetic for your brand like in consistent color schemes consistent you know fonts what's your advice for that i've seen some people do it very well um there are some accounts where every post has the same color scheme and the same um like fonts through all the wording on it and it's through the entirety of the page and i i've seen it work very well um I am not particularly good at it. It takes a lot of uh, planning to make sure that you're doing things at the right time so that it looks good when it's posted. And there are apps that can help you plan that out. But I personally just haven't done that. Um, I will say I have started in the last two weeks or three weeks experimenting with a consistent um, type of post. Like it's a, um, it's the same color scheme. It's the same font. It's got little tiny pictures of it. And it's like, you know, six tips to prepare for home buying or five tips to prepare for inspection. So they all look very similar, but they're different. Uh, and I'm going to try to use those as I don't want to call it filler, but they're the stagnant content between the video content breaks it up a little bit. Um, so I'm experimenting with that. I do think it looks nice when you have especially a new visitor to their page and they scroll through for the first time, that is their first impression of you. So there's, there's certainly some value to that. And then is there a time that's and day that's best to post content? There is. They, each platform is different and there inevitably is definitely a right time to do it. Um, so midnight, not a good time. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I mean, 
um, inevitably that the way that everything works, it's going to get seen eventually. It's just about, is it going to get seen by a lot of people quickly because all of these algorithms reward content for being successful faster. So if you get more views, more likes, more comments in a quicker amount of time, they bring that content to the top of their visibility and it does better over time. So if your content's posted at midnight, it might get views, likes, comments throughout the next day or whatever as people get to it, but you posted it during a low visibility time. Whereas right. had you posted it at 3 or 4 p.m. when people are kind of bored or getting off work and like, I don't want to be here anymore and they're scrolling, you might've gotten a lot more eyeballs right away that then would have boosted you through midnight into the next day, right? So there is some rationale to that. Um, back to the conversation of keep it simple. If that is your limiting force, just ignore it and pretend right. nobody cares. Um, I know a really great friend of mine, Jonathan Farmer, runs a super successful podcast uh, and he's grown his Instagram now. I think he's at like 40,000 or 50,000 followers. He was at like a thousand uh, less than a year ago. And he did that. Um, he did it by posting like three posts back to back to back every day. And then he would just go enjoy his life and ignore it for the rest of the day. Three posts so back to just back. Like, between like 1, 1230 and 1233. It'd be like pump, pump, pump. And then he'd never look at it again for the next huh. <laughs> So, wow. you know, um, it, I, it is what it is, right? <laughs> I think his content was better than the timing. And so he won. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Seriously. Okay, I'm ready for challenge questions, Nagin. Do you have any closing questions? Um, I think, well, I know we always ask the guests for advice and certainly not you can share it. I, again, strongly encourage and can't speak highly enough about the training that you did mm -hmm. in the Empower Learning Center. But if you were gonna share like one action item or like one, one piece of advice for people who are either trying to just get started in social media or now they wanna grow, to the next level. Like I know you just recently set a goal for yourself to hit a milestone with followers. Like what would mm -hmm. you share with our listeners? One piece of advice. Or it could be two I, pieces of advice. You choose. No, I, 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 with all of this, it's just a matter of activity. You just have to get started and the activity will create a habit and the habit will create consistency and that creates a brand. But it doesn't start unless you start the activity. So mm -hmm. I, if I'm in anybody's shoes, regardless of where your hurdle is, whether you've been posting and you're feeling like you're not growing or you have maybe hit growth, but you feel like you've stagnated or you're just afraid to get started, figure out what the threshold is and just push through it, right? If the threshold is not posting, then the action item for you right now is just go post, as uncomfortable as it is. If you're not using video and you feel like that's not, you're not growing, your action item right now is go post a video. Just do it. Start with one and then do two and then do three. You just have to get active with all of this. And don't worry about the results in the beginning. It's not important. It's just about the actual habit that you're creating for yourself in posting this. And just like anything else, as you do it over time, you will get better and you can figure out what works and then you can do it with some, some strategy. And do you have anything that you personally want to work on or get goals you've set for yourself? for 2022 with your business? I, so this year, um, like I said, social became a pretty significant arm of my business in terms of driving um, leads back to me. I think moving into next year, 
I'm going to revise my boosted strategy a little bit. So I'm going to increase the amount of money I'm spending to boost ads because I found that to be successful for me. Uh, and I would love if I could close 10 clients from social media next year. So not quite one a month, but pretty close. Um, moreover, though, I think beyond the revenue goal, which is just separate, I think I just want to grow a following. So if I could take my Instagram, for example, um, you know, my short term goal, I'm uh, over 1100 now. I want to get that to 2,500. Once I hit 2,500, then we'll focus on five and we'll go to 75, you know. So uh, I'm just going to keep incrementally growing my following base as much as possible. I love it. Really doable. Really doable, right? Feels, feels doable to me. You got it. You could be on the podcast again once you get 25,000. Okay, good. 25,000? I just need motivation. Yeah. I like 25K. I can get to that. I just want to get one of those blue check marks next to my day and become official. You deserve it. Oh, yeah. Well, you have <laughs> I don't a even blue know what goes into that for your podcast episodes get a blue check mark from us. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's all That's I really need. Nice, Nagin. Thank you. You're still good at compliments, Nagin. I mean, I don't try to be. It's just, it's the truth. It You're the same way, John. You are good. It's just, we appreciate you, Matt. That's. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun being a, a part of our office and it's awesome being a part of this podcast. So it's, it's been great to watch you guys grow this podcast because when I was on the last time, in the early days and it's been a ton of fun now i'm like an avid listener of all my peers in the office (laughs) we didn't know if we were going to get canceled after one episode when you were on that's okay it didn't happen so here we are are. (laughs) um all right well john's got some really important questions for you so let's not let's not keep him waiting any longer Loki, I forgot the last one again, Nagin, so you might have to remind me i don't know why i can't remember him this season but okay so we have two and a half questions the first one is a half question, Taylor Swift or Adele and why? Because we are in between the release of Red and Adele's 30 releases on Friday. And I think I, I'm Adele. I got to go Adele. I, she's crushing it in life right now, it seems yeah. like. Like everything about her life is just crushing it. So I'm, I'm Adele. Okay. So you hate Taylor Swift? Uh, I, you know, I knew Taylor Swift's uh, brother, Austin Swift, in college. And, did you really? Uh, we, I did. He went to Notre Dame for a little bit. Uh, and I, I can't say that I was particularly a great fan of him, unfortunately. So, oh, no. <laughs> so, Austin, That's if you're listening, I'm sorry. I just blew up your spot. But, uh, yeah, no, it was fine. Taylor Swift was at Notre Dame quite a bit, though, while I was there. She came to a number of games. Do you think you could get her to do like a guest appearance at the office or maybe on the podcast? I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Uh, I know for a fact I can't because I tried to get a friend tickets at one point in life and I was not even responded to. So I'm going to say I don't have that kind of pull. Okay. I mean, I message no. her every day and ask her. She hasn't gotten back to me. Yet. You're right, John. I didn't go for <laughs> 10 no's. Maybe that's what it was. It's lack of consistency. Shame there on There you me. go. That's what this whole episode is about. Consistency. Oh my God. All right. I'll try again. Never say never. <laughs> I love it. John, I do want you to know I listened to the Taylor release of the Red album while I was unpacking this weekend, and it was amazing. Did you listen to the 10-minute version of All Too Well? I listened to the whole thing all the way through. Good one. It really oh, stayed wow. the time. I'm behind. I'm going to have to go listen to all of it now. Yeah, you. Sh- it, I think it's like two hours worth of music, so buckle okay. up, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What did you want to be when you grew, grew, grew up? Grow up? Oh, I wanted to be a cop so bad. 
it, it wasn't even a question. My dad was a police officer and I just was like, I don't know. I, that was like in my mind, it was like the Barney, Barney Fife era. You wear a badge and like stand on the corner and everybody knows you. <laughs> like, I don't I don't even think I fully understood what they actually did, but I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the early goal. Uh, I think once I started playing golf in middle school for a hot minute, I got the idea I could probably do that professionally. And then uh, I saw what a real golfer looked like and they're much better. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're in real estate. And now I'm in real estate. It's the logical fallback from yeah, police for and sure. golf. <laughs> okay. Last question. What advice would you, if you were sitting across from yourself 10 years ago and you mm -hmm. were what, 19, what yeah. advice would you give yourself? Lean in, man. I, I think um, if I was talking to younger me, there were a couple of times, even earlier in my real estate career, where I wouldn't say I, I was um, trepid, but I was just hesitant to really push things as hard as I could. I was, I was worried about maybe the fallback of failing, uh, especially when I first got started in real estate. So I, when I think back on the early days, I think I could have done even better than I did if I had just push it a little bit more. So lean in, uh, just trust your gut that you have a plan and that plan is going somewhere. Be hard on yourself to gauge success, but lean in and, and make it happen. Take some risks. Take some risks. It's hard to imagine you doing any better than you've already done. I know. Matt, <laughs> but, um, but that's why maybe, maybe you've done I'm just so beat well. Myself up, but yeah. but yeah. you know what? But I think you're, you're someone who's able to have a high expectation for yourself and set the bar really high and also celebrate the wins along the way. So yeah. you can make it work. Thank you. It's been a lot um, of fun and truly it's it, our, our office is fantastic. So it's, that's, it's that's fun. been a huge part of it. It is the best office. In the best office. Absolutely. It is. Uh, Matt, thank you so much truly yeah. for your time today. We love chatting with you as always. And if you could just share for everybody where they can find you on social media, we'll put everything in the show notes as well. Yes, absolutely. Somehow I got Matt Thomas Shy as my handle and I've just had it for a long time. So uh, you really? can find me at Matt Thomas Shy on YouTube. You can find it on Instagram. You can find it on TikTok. Um, and then uh, if anybody would like to connect on LinkedIn, just like I recommended, please send me an invite. I will accept it and we can become professional peers just like that. So are we professional peers? I got to check. I'm going to have to check. We should be. If not, I'm going to send you both. Way, John hasn't we'll looked at his, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, let's see and, if I can get into mine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Matt Thomas, Shy C-H-I is in Chicago, not Shy as in he doesn't want to talk to you. He oh, does yeah, not talk Shy. To you. Although maybe I should start a secondary account for the Shy side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Introverts come together. Come together. Yeah. Unite. Awesome. It, Matt, it thank you so much. <laughs> Anytime. Thank you sincerely, guys, for having me back on. This is a lot of Thank fun. Thank you. All right. Have a good day, you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.